I said, Jesus is still the answer. Hallelujah. Put your hands together for my beautiful face. My beautiful choir. Hallelujah. Are you loving them? Are you loving them? Very soon, they will overtake the main service choir. I tell you. Hallelujah. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Hallelujah. You know, things come and things go. Hallelujah. What may be a way of doing something some years ago is no longer the way we do it. Hallelujah. Are you hearing me? So things come and things go. Yeah. Like banking 10 years ago is not the same as banking today. 10 years ago, banking was you take your money, you go and stand at the cashier, and you deposit. Or when they pay you, you take your paycheck, you go to the bank, you endorse the check at the back, you give it to the teller, and it gives you your money. And in some countries, the queue was so long that you have to know a teller. So tellers were powerful then. It was a great job to be a teller. Because they had power. Then you know a teller, then you signal the teller, tell you, jump the queue, come, I'll do, your, I'll do your banking for you. But today it's not so. Banking has totally changed. You can stay in your pajamas and do all your transactions. You take your picture with the deposit check on your phone, and it's go. You cash your money, paper. You, you can actually use your phone to do everything. You don't have to have money in your wallet. So, obviously, being a teller is not a great job nowadays. So, things change. Hallelujah. Things change. And things become what was an answer some 10 years ago is no longer the answer. But when it comes to Jesus, he is constant. He's still the answer. I said he's still the answer. 2,000 years ago, he was the answer. He's still the answer. Why is he still the answer? Because there are some problems that still only Jesus can solve. Hallelujah. Medicine has advanced so far, so much. Medicine has advanced so much. Now you can go for surgery. I mean, they can do surgery with laparoscopy, a small, tiny hole, and then they can take your whole womb out. That's how far medicine has advanced. Now they have, they can scan your whole body inside out. So it has advanced. But in spite of all the advancement that medicine has, what Jesus used to do and is still doing, medicine has not done it. Because in spite of all the advancement, medicine has not raised the dead body. As of today, if you die, you are dead. You need a miracle to rise up. No, no emergency room can bring you back. If you are dead for 
two hours, you are dead. Let alone three days. Even maybe two hours, you are dead. When they call the ambulance and they come and say, how long has it been down for? They say two hours. They don't even bother. Dead on a rubber DOA. So only Jesus. He's still the answer. Hallelujah. In spite of all the advancement in medicine, mental diseases are still not cured. Mental diseases are controlled. Most crazy boy heads, they give the medicine to control them. So from time to time, that's why if you have a crazy boy head, be careful, because from time to time, the thing comes back. <laughs> so make sure the person takes this medication. Because most of the medication just calms them small. Then they are cool. The only one who has been able to bring the insane back to his right mind is Jesus. So he's still the answer. I say he's still the answer. And he's still the answer for the world today. Hallelujah. Jesus is the answer. I say Jesus is the answer. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So you have to believe in Jesus. He never changes. He's still the solution to our problems. Amen. Wonderful. Put your hand together for my wonderful choir. Hallelujah. Come, let's pray over the offering. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for this offering. We bless it in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus is the answer. Are you awake and alert this morning? Do you want to learn a verse this morning? Are you sure you can learn a verse? Are you sure? Matthew 6, 12. Let's go. Hey, Romans. What did I say, Matthew? Romans 6.12, sorry. Romans 6.12. The book of Romans. Romans 6.12. One, two, go. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it in the last thereof. Romans. Don't let sin reign in your mortal body. In other words, when you entertain sin in your body, okay, you keep on having sin around, sin around. At a point, you obey it. Okay? At a point, you should obey it in the last thereof. Hallelujah. So all that this verse is trying to tell us is that don't entertain sin around you. That's all. Because when sin hangs around for a long time, you obey it. It just has to hang around for a long time. One day you obey it. Hallelujah. So, in other words, some things don't keep around. Don't keep some boys around. You have to learn to say bye, James. You have to learn to say bye, James. Because one day, or bye, bye. Bye, Kofi. You have to learn to say it. Bye, James. Otherwise, one day you obey. Some books, you have to throw them away. Because one day you obey it. Some movies, you have to throw them away. Because one day you obey it. 
Some alcohol in your cabinet, you have to throw it away. Because one day you obey it. Some TV shows, you have to unsubscribe to them. Because one day you obey it. Hallelujah. Wonderful. So that's what the verse is trying to say. Amen. Wonderful. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your word. Hallelujah. Let's continue our series. What are we studying? Please, I want to hear you. What are we studying? I can't hear you. What are we studying? You forgot. What are we studying on first service? The who? The who? Can't speak loud. Speak loud. The what? The greatness of David. Again? Please put up. We are talking about who? And we are studying the, the greatness of who? Is David great? How do you know David was great? What's the verse? How do you know? Because you see, you see, you can say somebody is great, but you must have evidence. Supporting evidence to show that the person is great. Because some people say they are great, but there's nothing to back their greatness. You know, some people say they are great, they are great, but when you look inside, ah, why do you feel so good? Empty greatness. Hallelujah. Some people just keep on talking. We're winning. We're winning big. And you say, ah, what is big? You know, so you have, to, you have to have things to back it. Amen. So, was David great? I said, was David great? How do we know? Give me the verse. How do we know? First Chronicles. So, show it on the screen. First Chronicles what? What does it say? And he, please, this is the reason why we say David was great. There was evidence. Hallelujah. And this is the evidence. The Bible says, and he died in a good old age, full of days, riches and honor. And Solomon, his son, reigned in his stead. Hallelujah. If anybody can give you that this is your life summary, obviously the person was a great person. Hallelujah. I can't feel you this morning. You look, hallelujah. Yeah. And I can hear you. Yeah. I mean, if you can summarize anybody's life like this. Hallelujah. The Bible says he died. First of all, everybody will die anyway. Except the Lord, everybody will die. Hallelujah. But not all dying is great. Not all dying is glorious. Some death are cases. You will not die before your time. I say you will not die before your time. You will not die before your time. The Bible said David died in the good old age. Hallelujah. I mean, some days when you hear, you know that this is a case. I mean, apart from a case, some death, some death are also foolish death. Hallelujah. And then the Bible said, full of this. It means he had energy. The man was still going. Hallelujah. Some people are old, but they are depressed. But you will not be depressed. 
I say you will not be depressed. Your days will be full. You see, full of days means that when he wakes up, David had activities. There was never a dull moment. Hallelujah. May your life be full of days. I say, may your life be full of days. May your life be full of days. Hallelujah. And the Bible says, riches. I mean, it's good to live long, but long and broke. I don't know. I don't know what. I mean, it's good to live long, but long and broke. I don't know whether it's a good thing. Hallelujah. It's bad. I don't know whether it's bad, but it's bad. You are old, but you are broke. You see, when you are broke, when you are old and you are broke, people think nobody can, you know. People don't come to you. They forget about you. That's the word. You are actually despised. And some people think you are a witch. Bad old man. And they begin to even quote verses on you. Like, whatsoever a man swear, that shall he reap. Don't mind him. He said he was an evil man. That's why he's like that. But you, you will not be broke. You will be rich. Somebody shout, I am rich. I am rich. You have to learn to make confessions. Say, I am rich. I am rich. All my needs are met. Believe it. You have to believe it. I say, believe it. Believe it. Yes. Hallelujah. And also, he had honor. Respect. David was an honorable man. Hallelujah. He had respect. May you be honorable. May people respect you. Hallelujah. And the greatest of all his achievements was that he had a successor. Yeah. Because there's no point laboring and not having anybody to succeed you. Hallelujah. Look, it's very important too. May God give you somebody to succeed you. You will not be barren. You will not be barren. Your name will not die. Listen, it's very important. You see, that was one of the things that depressed Abraham. Because the Bible says Abraham was wealthy in cattle. Abraham was rich. Okay? Abraham was rich. So, Abraham lacked no money. That's the teacher about. So, when he went to battle and came back and met Melchizedek and paid tight, then the next, fourth, the next verse, God, the next chapter, God said, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to use it. Then Abraham said, Look, I have nobody to succeed me. As I look at my empire, as I look at my cattle, my gold, my ranch, as I, see, I look at all that I have labored for, the only person I can see is this type, this, this Eliezer of Damascus. And it actually bothered Abraham. Because you see, it is very painful to achieve a lot and have nobody to take over. Hallelujah. And God said, no, 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 I'm going to bless you. So the, God, the blessing that God blessed Abraham 
was to give him a child who would take over. Hallelujah. So that strangers, may strangers not take over your goods. I say, may strangers not take over your goods. May the blessing remain in your house. I say, may the blessing remain in your house. You have to receive the amen where. May the blessing remain in your house. Hallelujah. So, based on all these stories, it was clearly that David was a great man. Amen. So we are studying the greatness of David. What made David great? Is that what we are talking about? What made David what? I said, so what was the first thing we talked about? Just in case you forgot to recap quickly. Number one was what? Small beginnings. David never despised small beginnings. Quickly, number two? He did menial jobs with joy. Number three? He turned away from what? Those who despise him. No, I think that was a very important part I shared with you. You see, don't waste your time trying to please people who don't like you. They simply don't like you. It doesn't matter what you do. Look, some people, when they don't like you, they don't like you. They simply don't like you. The very sight of you makes them feel like throwing up. So don't even bother. Hallelujah. It's, of, it's, it's, it's a waste of your energy and your resources to try and please people who don't like you. Hallelujah. And then what else did David do? Chewing and staying with what you know. Hallelujah. The principle of choosing and staying with what you know. Hallelujah. Some of us like to experiment with strange things. Hallelujah. Especially when it comes to marriage in the church. I, I always get amazed why Christian sisters want to choose a strange brother. I get amazed. It's like you are in the church with this brother all along. But when it comes to marriage, you say, no, 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 no. He's like a brother to me. I need something different. Something exotic. Something spicy. Something exciting. Something different. And and, 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 and after you go for it, after you go for it, and you begin to see that he's really different. <laughs> then you begin to see that he is really different. You, watch, you begin to realize he's really spicy. I mean, spicy. To the point that he brings tears, your mouth will be burning because you want something spicy. <laughs> now your nose are running, your eyes are running, now you are complaining. You say you want something spicy. Hallelujah. Look, I'm telling you, my daughters and my sons, look, marriage, eh? marriage, eh? After the initial I love you, blah, 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 it boils down to a brother and a sister. Yeah. 
Yeah. It boils down to a brother and a sister. So you are more compatible with the brother you know already. And the sister you know. Than a stranger. Yeah, I'm pretty, yeah. Exotic type of, it's, it's all a, everything cools down. And when things cool down, you begin to realize actually the real deal is between two Christian, two, it's, the real deal is based on a Christian brother and a Christian sister. Who see things, who respects and see things from the perspective of the Bible? That's, that's why you boil down to Yeah. That's what, that's what it settles down to. Hallelujah. Yeah. Let me continue. There are children here, so I won't say some things, but let me continue. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah, next time, yeah. All those exotic, they, they, look, they, when you are annoyed, you can't even see it. Oh, yeah. Oh, Reverend, when I saw her breast, when you are angry, you won't see the breast. I'm saying you won't see it. <laughs> I'm telling you. Oh, Reb, when I saw him come in, his chest, his mustache, and his height. Let me say, when he's shouting at you, you will not see any of those things. Anyway, let me continue. Choose with what you okay? Hallelujah. Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. You, 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 you won't see it. You won't see, I'm telling you, you won't see it. You won't see it. You won't see it at all. Hallelujah. Yeah. All right, what was the next one? What do we get to? Last week. The principle of avoiding arrows of hatred. Hallelujah. When arrows of hatred are directed towards you, you humbly bow down. It's better to run and, you see? Is it? Ah, somebody said, I don't know who with him. He who fights and runs away lives to fight another day. I think it was Bob Marley. <laughs> I think so. I think it was Bob Marley. It sounds like a Jamaican saying. I think it was Bob Marley. <laughs> yeah, I think Bob Marley was there. He who fights and runs away lives to fight another day. It's probably true. So learn to bow down. Hallelujah. Don't stand your chest for arrows to hit you. Was that what we got to last week? Oh, the last one. Yes. And one of the, another thing was adaptability for what? Adaptability for what? That was last week, right? Adaptability for progress. Hallelujah. Basically, David understood changing circumstances. You see, when your circumstances change, you must be able to change so you can progress. Hallelujah. You cannot bring your old circumstances back into your new position. See, progress, doing well, Requires change. Hallelujah. I said doing well requires change. And every level that you are, there are new 
they are new devils, new demons, new challenges. So you must learn to adapt. Hallelujah. Adaptability for progress. I was one when we were in when when we were in um Holy Spirit. Holy Cross. I remember talking to a brother. I mean, he was a big man in his country. You know? He was a very big man, you know? His country, big man, you know? And I asked him that, look, what do you want to do here? So, you know, I was doing back and forth. This, he, I, 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 I was into, what was he saying? What did he, uh, he was into buying and selling. You know, I buy things. He was to buying and selling spare parts. You know spare parts? Used car parts. So I asked him, that, Are you, do you want to stay in America? I said, yes. I said, if you want to stay in America, then I'm sorry. Over here, buying and spelling used parts does not work. It doesn't go far. Some, some part of the world, yes, is great, but here not. So, you need to change your mind and adapt. If you, choose, if you don't want to stay here, go back. But if you want to stay there, you didn't mind me. Are you hearing me? I've told people to change their careers. I, I say it all the time. I said, look, things like, what did you do? Oh, I did uh, drama. Music and dancing. I did African studies. African studies doesn't work here. Oh, I told some guys, oh. You see, I said, I told, and this, this, I'm talking about adaptability. I said, look, thank God that you were a graduate. But if you want to stay here, the sciences are more profitable. You see, when you go to an area, see, see what your people are doing and how they succeed and follow the same path. You can see that everybody who is of your background, who has succeeded here, entered into the sciences. So that's why we tell people, go and do nursing. Go and do pharmacy. Go and do radiology. Do medicine. The sciences somehow seems to integrate foreigners better than the arts. You go become a lawyer. The Jews want to become a lawyer. You also want to become a lawyer. If you're asking to discover you from being in court. Are you hearing me? So I always advise people that I know you are very good. You are a very good accountant in your country, but adapt, adaptability for progress. Enter into a field that is more progressive. Hallelujah. Because as for the sciences, your accent does not even count. Haven't you seen the Nigerian doctors, Nigerians? What is wrong with you? You say your stomach, your stomach, and they all have jobs. Korean surgeons. They all have jobs. Ba Pakistani Bangladeshis. I mean, a, ba a, ba 
anesthesiologist who is from Bangladesh. You see, putting you to sleep doesn't matter whether you understand him or not. You just have to. <laughs> he doesn't have to talk a lot. So long as he has your weight, your height, your, your medical history. Are you hearing me? Listen, I'm preaching to us, my church members, my children. Enter into things that are profitable. Don't bring your own big man here. You are not. It's not applicable. Adapt for progress. Adapt for what? Yes. Progress. Even the way you are saying the progress, you won't adapt. Progress. <laughs> Even the way you are saying adapt for no, it's adapt for what? Progress, not progress. <laughs> progress. I will say progress. Say progress. Yeah, no progress. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you hearing me? Adapt for progress. Get into a field that is compatible. Look, just look at the trend. The Bible said there's nothing new under the sun. Hallelujah. Most immigrants who have done well in foreign countries and Americans entered the sciences all over the world. All over the world. Because science is, science is a bit generic. You know chemistry, you know chemistry. Period. It's not English language. You know chemistry. Chemistry is chemistry. Whether it's studied in Asia, China, Malaysia, H2O still remains water. You have not thought about it. But the laws differ. The laws in Ghana may be different from the laws in America. The constitutions are different. But chemistry is chemistry. Biology is biology. The human head remains the human head. Hallelujah. And that's for progress. Don't be stuck in your ways. And I talked to you the same thing in marriage. When, you see, being a single person is one status. And being married is another status. And if you marry, you must be able to adapt from a single woman to a married woman. Adapt for progress. You must adapt. Being single is different from being married. Being single, you, you go, you come, you do whatever you want to do. When you marry, you must know that from this point that you cannot do whatever you want to do. So if you want the marriage to work, then you must adapt for progress. That is why you cannot be a married woman, but all your best friends are single. You won't clap for me. I'm preaching to you. <laughs> it's a good policy. I said it's a good policy. When you are when you get when you are single, your friends are single. When you marry, you adapt. You change your friends to married. It's a good policy. I say it's a good policy. I say it's a good policy. If you're a man, the Bible said that for this cause, a man shall leave his father and mother. 
When you got, before you were, when you were single, you can talk to your mom, your sister, mom, can I do this? Your older sister, your older sister is still your consultant, your mother, you are talking to them fine because you are single. But when you marry, after you are married, you must adapt. Your mother can still not be your advisor. mommy's boy. No, you cannot. You cannot. You cannot be mommy's boy. If you want to remain mommy's boy, then don't marry. Stay with your mom. Then please stay with your mom. Yeah. Don't come and disturb somebody's daughter. Do not come and disturb somebody's daughter. Just stay with, just stay with your mom. You can't because you, see, you must adapt. You must know that now the food you are supposed to eat is your wife's food, not your mother's food. No matter how much you like your mother's food, once you marry, you have to leave your mother's food and eat your wife's food. Whether she cooks like your mother or not, it, at this point, it is irrelevant. If you cannot leave your mother's food, then don't marry. Adaptability for progress. You are married. By every small argument, you take your back. I'm going to my father's house. No way. That's bad. That's bad, bad. If you want to go to your father's house, don't come. Then stay in your father's house. Don't come. Adaptability. Look, let, let, me, let me add one more point so that I can preach. Hallelujah. The front, today's point is very important. Today's point, tell me about this point is for you. You are the reason why we are going to talk about this point. Hallelujah. Another reason, another why, reason why David was great or David was successful was is basically the principle, okay, is basically the principle of being advisable. Okay, the principle of being what? The principle of being what? That's what I say. Tell you, but this one is for you. The principle of listening to advice. The principle of what? Listening to what? In fact, pull your neighbors here. Listen to advice. Listen to advice. Listen. Listen. Hallelujah. First Samuel chapter 25. You see, first Samuel chapter 25. Let's, the background to this story was that the background to this story was um, actually yeah, the background to this story was that David 
was a refugee. He was running away, he and his guys, because Saul was pursuing them. Then they get to a place, they see a lot of sheep. And in those, they see a lot of sheep. And in those days, when you have a sheep and your sheep is on there, listen, somebody can come and raid, you will raid us. So someone will, come and, someone will come and raid your sheep and kill them. So they saw a lot of sheep. And look at some thieves wanted to raid the sheep. So David, even though the sheep did not belong to the, him and his men, they protected the sheep. They fought the armed robbers. You see, David fought the armed robbers so that the armed robbers could not attack the sheep. And the sheep belonged to a guy called Nabal. Mr. Nabal or Nabal. It was not David's sheep, but he fought and protected the thing. So later on, David was hungry. Then he sent a message to the guy that, look, we have been in the desert for a while. We are hungry. And whilst we're here, we did something for you. We protected your sheep so that nobody can come and steal your sheep. So we are begging you, please give us some small piece of bread. I mean, for all the sheep we have protected for you, what is the big deal if we ask for a small sheep of bread? Do you, do you understand where David was coming from? Like, but for me, all your sheep will have been slaughtered. But I protected your sheep. So I'm asking for a small piece of bread. Is it fair? I say, is it fair? Christian, do you think it's fair? I mean, somebody has protected your sheep for you. And you just ask for small bread. Francis, you don't think it's fair? Yeah. Very reasonable. It, it's, not, it's not an unreasonable demand. But this guy, Nabal, he said, what do you mean? What do you mean? Nowadays, everybody gets up and is asking for things. Foolish, well, I don't give, give, tell them I don't give them anything. What do you mean? Disrespect this? What do you mean? Talk nonsense to David. So when they came to tell David, David said, what? Me, I have laid my life. Me and my guys for your sheep. And we are asking for a piece of bread and you are calling us armed robbers and bandits. Say, Nowadays, there be many servants who run away from their servants. You are calling us bandits and thieves? Then we'll show you what it is. We have labored for you. And that's how, that's, that, this is the way you reward us. You see, it is, very, it is very bad to reward evil for good. When somebody does you good, don't reward him with evil. And some people are like that. They forget what has been done for them. You are forgotten. Your broke self, somebody took care of you. Now look at the way you are talking. Evil for good. So David was very angry. And he said, listen. When you go home, read the scripture first. He said, look. This guy. He, I'm, me, I'm a robber and a thief. I will show him the way robbers and thieves behave. And he vowed. And David was a very vow. David, he, he could fight. David was a warrior. He said, the scripture said, there shall be no one standing who pisses against the wall. That's the scripture he used. He was serious. David said, there shall be no one alive who pisses against the wall. 
<laughs> Do you understand what David was saying? Do you understand what David was saying? He said, there shall be no one alive who pisseth against the wall. Do you know what he was saying? What he was saying, you see, there are, there are two types of pissing. Okay? There are two types of pissing. Some people piss like this. And some people piss against the wall. <laughs> you have not thought about it. Some people, when they piss, this is how they piss. And some people, this is how they piss against the wall. So when David said, <laughs> you have not thought about it. So when David said that anybody who pissed this way is a dead man. In other words, what he was trying to say, I'm going to kill all the guys and leave the women. Because women don't piss against the wall. It's only nowadays that they are trying to create bathrooms to confuse everybody. But normally when you say a male bathroom, you expect it to go this way. Yeah. A female bathroom goes this way. It's the insanity of our days that now they are creating useless bathroom. But basically you piss one way or the other. Either you piss this way or you piss that way. And no matter how much you can do makeup and do, um, get injections for your breast, you still cannot piece. <laughs> Are you hearing me? So David was very, very annoyed. Hallelujah. So he decided, look, I am going to slaughter this guy and all his nonsense. And as he was going, first Samuel, let's go to verse 25. When you go, we can read the whole chapter. First uh, Samuel 25, let's go to 32. 32. Actually, let, let's go back a little bit. 30, maybe 30. Oh, go back. Let's go back more. Oh, let's go. Let's go back. Aha! Yep. Now David has said, Surely, in vain have I kept all that this fellow had in the wilderness, so that nothing was missed of all that pertained unto him. And he, requ he had requited me even for good. What David was saying that, ah, is that how you pay me back? Even for good? Okay, we shall see. Let's continue. So and more also do God unto the enemies of David. If I leave all that pertained unto him by the morning light, any that pisseth against the wall. This is what he said. This was the threat. Pisseth against the wall. It will not happen. Let's continue. And when Abigail saw David, she hasted and lighted off the ass and fell before David on her face and bowed herself to the ground. And he and fell at his feet and said, Upon me, my Lord, upon me, let this iniquity be, and let thine handmaid, I pray thee, speak in thine audience and hear the voice, the words of thine handmaid. 
Let not my Lord, I pray thee, regard this man of Belial, even Nabal. You see? All that Abigail said, I beg with David. Don't be angry. Don't, don't be angry against this guy. You see, this is very difficult for most people. But you see, at the point, you must be able to say that your husband is a fool. <laughs> if he's really a fool. But don't call him a fool if he's not. You see, Abigail said, listen. But look, look, look. Nabal. For us, his name is, so is he. Nabal is his name. And folly is with him. Abigail, he was wild though. But I don't think Abigail told Nabal that he was a fool. You see, don't say your husband, don't tell me in the face that he's a fool. Just. <laughs> Otherwise, you're going to get a fool out of him. <laughs> okay, it's not in the Bible. He didn't call the guy fool in his presence. Amen. <laughs> it's, it's also a message. Nabal is the name, and fall is with him. But I. I, thine hand, made the son of the young man of my Lord, whom thou hadst seen. Okay. Now, therefore, my Lord, as the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, seeing that thou hast withheld nothing from behold, and from them. Now, let, let them is okay. And now, this blessing which thy hand made had brought unto the Lord, let it be even given unto the young man. You see, that's, that's the, may God give us Abigail wives. Abigail wives. See, she acted in a way to, to save the situation. So she brought some nice little thing. Wisdom. Hallelujah. I pray thee, forgive the trust of the hammer, for the Lord will certainly make, you see, this is what we're saying, for the Lord will certainly make my Lord a sure house, because my Lord fighted the battles of the Lord, and evil had not been found in thee all thy days. Yet a man is risen to pursue thee and to seek thy soul. But the soul of my Lord shall be bound to the band of life. He will say, look, I beg you, David, you know that there's an anointing upon your life. One day you'll be the king. Me and son, one day you'll be the king. There's some glory upon your life. Do you want to be on the records that the day that you become a king, they can point you to that? You see, some things say you have to be careful. Knowing where you are going. If you desire to be somebody great, don't get yourself involved in certain errors because they will refer it back to you. Oh yeah. If you desire to be somebody great with a great future, be careful about certain errors because when you get there, you'll be referred to. There'll be a video recording. There'll be a text message. There'll be a WhatsApp that you sent and they can come and hunt you. So be careful. Hallelujah. So he told David, hey, look, you have a great future. Don't let it be. Because I have known presidents who when they came, they were very aggressive. They were hot. They killed people. Even though later on they did a lot of good things, at time and time they always referred to the killing. It's like they, their hands were always tainted with their blood. No matter how, many, how old they are now and how good they are, from time to time, people refer back to them. So be careful. That is why if you, dis if you believe God to go have a great future, be careful who you associate with now. Amen. 
One of the, one of the funniest I saw Maria Alice was uh, uh, Ivanka Trump. No, no, Melan Melanie, his wife, Melanie. Melania. Donald Trump was Melania. One day was watching CNN. Then they show some boy in some guy in a uh, from Ukraine. Slovenia. They show some guy in Slovenia. Who was sitting on the mobile? Oh, she was my girlfriend. <laughs> she said, Oh, she was my girlfriend. Some broke old man. So, she was my girlfriend. She was sitting on the motorbike. So, she used to sit behind this motorbike. <laughs> and as you see the guy, she was saying proudly, Oh, she's my girlfriend. She was a teacher. She used to sit on this motorbike. Melania. Melania said, I don't know the guy at all. <laughs> the guy said, he's lying. She's lying. She she today she doesn't know me. Today she's the first lady of America, so she doesn't know me. This is where she used to live. I used to pick her from here. She used to sit here. She would put on the motorbike. that one day she will be the first lady of America she will never have and the guy was just showing the reporters around <laughs> around town where she used to pick her where they go oh the picture I said oh what the hell I mean, the guy was trying to say that and then they don't ask Melania he says, the guy is lying she doesn't know the guy at all the guy says she's lying This is here. then the guy will point to the motorbike <laughs> some old motor it, it wasn't even one of these fancy motorbikes some old dilapidated motorbike you know so what, I'm, see, what Abigail was trying to tell David that when you have a great future because of the great future that is ahead of you please you see I'm telling you something see because of the great future that is ahead of you please don't avoid certain mistakes because they will come and hunt you. So, the principle of listening to advice. So, David said in verse 32, and David said to Abigail, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, which sent thee this day to meet me. Okay? Thank you. 33. And blessed be thy advice. And blessed be thy what? I said, and blessed be thy what? I said, and blessed be thy what? I can't hear you. Blessed be thy what? Listen to me. When somebody is advising you, whether it is good for you, whether you like what is being said or not, listen. And at the end of the day, don't say, what do you mean? Rather, you say, Reverend, blessed be thy advice. This is David. The ability to be advised. Look, if David had not listened to Abigail, do you know the scandal that would have been in his kingdom? Listen. This point, if, if you want to be great, learn to listen to advice. 
And when you are being advised, don't get angry. And don't brush it off. What do you mean? No. When your pastor is saying, listen to me, the way you talk to your husband is no good. Learn to submit. What do you? Rather say, Reverend, blessed be. Say what? Don't say that. Well, he too is not like that. No. It's not about him, it's about you. Blessed be thine advice. When your pastor is advising you, listen. When you say, look, children, you see, listen to me. Stop playing the games. Do your homework. You should look at it and say, Pastor, blessed be thy advice. Don't say that. Well, 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 eh, I've been busy all day. I just need a break. I need a break. I was just playing my game for 20. I need a break. I'm so stressed. No. Blessed be thine advice. Blessed be thy advice. Hallelujah. This is the secret of the secret of David. David was advisable. Yeah. 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 And when you are young lady, when I'm advising you, look, don't stay. You are not married. You are not married to him, so don't live together. Though you are not married to him, don't live together. It is no good. Don't, don't marry him because don't, don't, don't stay together. You are not married yet. It's no good. It's not proper. Don't look at him and say, Reverend, well, I got it. I got it under control. No, no. You don't, we got nothing under control. <laughs> don't tell me that, well, Reverend, I got it under control. You have nothing under control. Rather, you should look at me and say, Reverend, blessed be that advice. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah. Even, see, even the advice you don't like, Maybe that's the one you should even listen more. The one that you don't like. Yeah. If every advice is what you want already, then you don't need advice. It is, you see, if everything I'm going to tell is what you want already, then there's no need advice. The reason why it is beneficial to you because it's not what you like, but somebody's point that it is good for you. And your attitude should not be, well, you should say, blessed. Blessed be your advice. When, when the pastor is telling you, look, the way you dress is not nice. It's not good. Don't say that, well, well, I mean, that's the way I dress anyway. I have not caused anybody to look at me. It's your problem if they look at me. <laughs> it's your problem if they look at me. Rather, you should say, Reverend, blessed be your advice. I'm preaching to you. You must be able to be advised. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Look, one of the things that can come your way and make you great is advice. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah. Blessed be your advice. The way you are studying is the wrong way. The way you are behaving is the wrong way. The career is not good. Where you are living, look, nobody's advising you. Listen to me. You can't afford this. Don't say that he's jealous. Am I jealous? Why am I jealous of you? 
I am telling you, you cannot drive this car somewhere. He's jealous. He wants to be the only person who drives a nice car. He's, I'm jealous of your car, a car that you can't pay. <laughs> I'm preaching. Rather, you should say, Reverend, blessed be your advice. Are you here with me, church? Listen, David was advisable. Okay? And anybody can advise you. Even a child can advise you. David was being, even though David was anointed a king, a, may, a girl, a woman was advising, he took it. Hallelujah. If you are advisable, you are advisable. Yeah. Naaman, the Syrian general, it was a little girl who advised him to go and dip, dip into the water. Yes. Be advisable. Be advisable. When good counsel is coming your way, whether you enjoy it or not, say, is it, what I am telling you that go and apologize. I'm not saying that you were wrong. You see, this, this, this is what I, I don't get. I'm not saying you were wrong. All that I'm saying is that the way to move forward in this situation is go and apologize. That's what I'm trying to tell you. I'm not saying that it doesn't mean you, I'm not saying it does not mean that you were wrong. All that, and, and, and I've showed you a, a verse which says that it is in the honor of a king to defer a matter. So one of the signs that you were a king or you are great is that you were able to overlook a matter. So go and apologize. Simple. No if or but. Then you start, well, well, well you know, I, 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 you know I, 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 I don't mind apologizing, but he must see that, yeah, yeah, he must see that he was also wrong. He must see that, I mean, no, 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 no. I am saying, it's not about whether he must see or not. It is, if you want to make progress on this matter, go and apologize. And your answer should not be if and but. Don't bring me if and but. Your, your response should be what? I said your response should be what? Church, may our ear be open to counsel. Pull your neighbor's ear and say, listen to counsel. Say, listen to counsel. And you will succeed. Stand up to your feet and let's close. Hallelujah. Thank you. Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Please stand up to your feet. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Holy Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. Holy words. Lord. Actually, sing the song. Let the church say amen. Let the church say amen. Let the church say amen. For God has spoken. Let the church. Let the church say Sing it again. Let the church say amen. 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 For God has spoken. God has spoken. Let the church. With every eye closed and every head bowed. We are going to have communion in a few minutes. 
we are going to partake of the Lord's body and the blessing. But Paul, 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 the great apostle, he warned all of us about communion. He said that even though there's power in communion, some people don't do well. Instead of being blessed, they rather die because they don't take the communion right. They don't understand what it means when it's called the body of the Lord. And one of the reasons why you, don't, you will not take communion right is when you are not born again. You see, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, don't come and take communion. You must be born again so that the power in the communion can help you. So before we come to communion this morning, with every eye closed and every head bowed, you are here, you are not born again. I want to give you an opportunity to give your life to Christ. I'm not talking about you coming to church. You must be born again. You must be sure about this. So a few, for a few minutes, you want to give your life to Christ, please, with every eye closed and every head bowed. Why don't you lift up your hand and I'll pray with you. Anybody wants to give their life to Christ? It's very important. Father, we thank you for this morning. Thank you for salvation. Thank you that we are saved by the body of Christ and the blood of Jesus. And Lord, as we come to the Lord's table, may it benefit us. May the power be released in our bodies. May the blessing be seen in our life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's get ready for communion. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Pastor Salfman. Actually, let me bless it first. Let's bless it quickly. Father, we thank you. We bless the body and we bless.